that this week in preparation was shocking. It really was. Yes, exactly. Right? And I want to let you in on a secret. I was talking to Bronwyn earlier, and I'm going to dump you in it. I'm sorry, Bronwyn. But she was just saying that prepping for tonight has just been really hard. And you know what that means? We're doing the right thing. Right? That means that what we're going to say, or what God's decided to lay on my heart tonight, obviously needs to be said. So you have to excuse me. I hate having notes in front of me, but I'm going to do it because I actually haven't had one run-through of this message yet because it keeps getting distracted. My brain keeps getting clogged. So I'm going to think for good things. I'm going to pray for good things. So can I pray for us before I get started tonight, please? Dear Lord, we just want to thank you that we can all be here. Thank you that we have the space and the time in our busy schedules and lives to be able to focus on you, to be able to share a time of hanging out together. Lord, we just pray that as we sit here and as all of us are gathered, that you would join with us and that uh, what you want us to get out of your word and from the things that you've been laying on my heart, Lord, I just pray that that message will go through independent of this uh, feeble human being before you, Lord, and you will just rise above that like you can. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. The other thing is my clicker is lost. Right? That's disastrous. All right. I know I don't have a clicker. I'm going to try the phone and it's going to fail and I'm going to have to tell the guy to make it go forward. Okay. So what I wanted to share with you guys tonight, and I was preparing and getting ready for what tonight was going to be, and... The only thing that kept coming into my head constantly was this concept of thanks. And obviously, this week in America, our American friends have got to experience Thanksgiving. Okay? So, for those who don't know about that, which I'm sure you do, basically it's just a really great time of families getting together and celebrating. And it has different things for different people, but it's about people getting together, celebrating family. People travel from all over the place. Now, one of the reasons it's sort of floated to the top of my mind is that my wife, Brooke, who a lot of you have met, her brother actually lives in Minneapolis uh, and is married there. Uh, He married there. We went over for a wedding a little while ago, just went back to visit them. And he tells these fantastic stories of the whole family coming from the holes everywhere over the country, flying in to share this meal together or spend a couple of days together for Thanksgiving. There's food, everyone gets a Thanksgiving belly, everyone has a great time, people tell... I mean, there's uncomfortable family getting together, it can be terrible too, but um, it's a really cool time and, and we don't have that here, um, but I love to hear the stories. The other thing that Thanksgiving is, it's not only a time to be thankful, which I love the idea of having a time in the week or time of the year to focus on being thankful. Um, It's also, in the States, it's a time of getting ready for Christmas. It's the beginning of the Christmas season. It's a time of bunkering down and getting ready. Now, no no more true than in Minneapolis, because I looked on the weather app, because I'm constantly interested in that, for where my brother-in-law is living, and so this was 9 o'clock on on Thanksgiving evening at minus 2, and... um, So they're getting ready for the minus 40 degrees that Minneapolis may experience at some point. So um, it's also just a time of getting ready for that Christmas season, of bunkering down. They're probably going to be stuck in the house for the next how many months 
Um, and it just got me thinking. So that's the background to tonight, this idea of thanksgiving. Now, it's not something that we traditionally do. Um, I don't do it in my house. Um, I know Joel, who was the senior pastor here for the longest time, he would have a thanksgiving thing and invite all the church family to come and join in that. Um, but it's not something that we really do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely freezing. Um, so I wanted to talk about this idea of thanks God. Now, so being thankful is one thing, and being thankful, we're going to talk about why it may be a good thing and, and some of the advantages of it, but when I got thinking about it, I've been spending some time in Genesis, so, and early parts of the Bible, I've... I, Tammy mentioned it a few weeks ago. She's doing a chronological reading of the Bible, and um, I'm a sucker, so I did that as well. So I'm doing it with Brooke, and we're sharing notes. And um, anyway, so I'm reading through, and I get, to story, I get to Exodus, and I get to the story of Moses, right? Now, those, you know, you can, um, a lot of you will know it, but I'm going to recap it really quickly for us, okay? So I was thinking about thankfulness. I'm thinking about giving thanks to God, and I realized that, well, maybe... Maybe thankfulness isn't something we should be doing. What would it look like if we weren't thankful? So, take out the thanks. Okay, so let me recount story of um, Moses. Now, you guys are going to know it. You can correct me when I'm wrong. I'm allowed to be wrong. Um, Exodus 3, Moses is called by God. He basically gets a burning bush, this great experience. God tells him, you're going to go and save the Hebrews. And Moses go, okay, all right, there's a toing and froing with God and Moses, and they're not too particularly happy about it, but they end up going there, going to Egypt to save the Hebrews. Now, the Hebrews have been in, at this point, have been captured for like 430 years in slavery. They're God's chosen people. Earlier, before Exodus, we read about how God's been hanging out with these people. We know the history of these guys pretty well. It amazed me when I start to read the unthankfulness that came about by our friends, the Hebrews, when we read their history. So Moses shows up. He's in Egypt. He's doing all these amazing things. There's all these plagues come. So someone give me some of the plagues. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, locusts, the frogs. There's the water to blood. Sores. The livestock will die. Sorry? Fire from the sky. Like, these are tremendous, amazing things. The Hebrews were, they were around. It's not like they all closed their eyes for those, however long that took. They were seeing God doing ridiculous things, totally changing the world that they lived in. So this goes on, goes on, and then they end up being released. Pharaoh says, see you later. I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Just as we see in a lot of these Bible stories, someone changes their mind. And Pharaoh goes, no, actually, I don't want to lose these people. Do you have any idea of the quantity of people we're talking about? The Bible talks about 600,000 men plus all their livestock, plus women, children, and all of their entourage. Leave Egypt and head out into the desert. The crazy thing is, it's not like they're just left God is present then too. There's a cloud in front of them during the day and a, and a pillar of fire at night. That sounds pretty cool to me. I don't know about you guys. There's the thing called faith. But the Hebrews, they didn't need that much of it right then because they could see it. 
They had just witnessed God do these amazing things. And even as they're leaving, 600,000 plus of them, after 430 years of slavery, God's walking in front of you in a big pillar of cloud and they leave. Pharaoh decides to change his mind. He decides, I'm going to chase after him. He chases them all the way to the edge of the sea. Guess what the Hebrews do? Oh, don't worry, God's done all this cool stuff. He's going to fix it. Nope. <laughs> they whinge. They reckon it's terrible. It's because there are no, was it because there's no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what, you said to, what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Remember, there's still a column of cloud over there. <laughs> and this is how they're responding. So guys, if you want to decide that unthankfulness is a good way to go, 101. Because then what happens is God puts a barrier between them and the Egyptians. Pharaoh showed up with his entire army. He's going to decimate them. He's changed his mind. He's going to get them all back. God gets in between the Egyptians and the Hebrews and then says to Moses, by the way, that sea, don't worry about it. I'm going to open it up for you. The Hebrews walk through. The Bible talks about walls of water on either side and they just wander through the sea. Not only that, not only is that cool and an amazing work of God, they also find out they get through the end and then God's like, yeah, don't worry about those Egyptians. I'll sort them out. Into the sea they go. Boom, the water comes back. Done. The Bible then tells us three days later, after this has happened, remember we're learning, I hope you're taking notes on unthankfulness, because then we learn that three days after that's happened, they say, uh, we're thirsty. We need some water. It just blows my mind how unthankfulness works. So they're thirsty, they want something to drink. We then read on further even. God's provision continues. They're still in the desert and, God say, and they say, we don't have anything to eat. We want to eat stuff. We're hungry. Again, God says, don't worry about it. <laughs> They're saying, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out of the wilderness to kill us, the whole assembly with hunger. So thankful, right? All that stuff that happened, when you compress it down and realise what God was doing with this group of people, and still they were hungry. You know what God's response was? I'll sort it, guys. I'm gonna, I will literally make bread rain. And not only just bread, it's going to come in the morning, it'll be bread, and then the afternoon you're going to have meat for supper because I'm going to make all these quails come into the camp and you'll be fine. No one will be hungry. 600,000 plus of you in the middle of the desert. Right? I don't know about you guys, but in the presence of all that, I'm, pretty, I'm thinking that this unthankfulness thing's probably not working out. <laughs> right? Now, the thing is that thankfulness is a really hard thing to do when it's stuff that's impacting on you. So I was thinking about it some more. I've done that story. I'm thinking unthankfulness. No, look, this, doesn't, this isn't working for the Hebrew people. What's the other option? The other option is thankfulness. 
And I thought, well, I'm going to get up here and say thankfulness. And you guys are going to say, well, Tim, how do you be thankful when stuff's hard? When it's stuff that actually is impacting on you? Immediately I thought of the fires that are happening. How does someone who loses their house, their livelihood, their entire future from something like a fire, not their fault, how do they be thankful? There's families all over our country that have been totally smashed by this natural thing that's happened. Lives change forever. How do you be thankful in that? I kept thinking, there are friends here in our church who are going through tremendous sickness and illness, debilitating. How do you be thankful in that? I'm feeling like the Hebrews' unthankfulness feels a little bit easier. Doesn't it? And then I look at my news page on the web. How do I be thankful for that? I'll summarise it for you if you can't read it. It's bad stuff. Right? So how in this world where there's disasters and there's illness and there's a world that feels like this, do we be thankful? Why would we even bother being thankful? Why can't we just do the Hebrew thing? I then got thinking. And I kept thinking... And I want to share you guys on the journey because I did think, why do we be thankful? Why do we bother? So I went to the secular world to see whether thankfulness, gratitude is a good thing. Is it something that people are talking about? And would you guess they are? A lot of it. I want to read you some quotes by people who are from the secular world. These are researchers, people that are thinking about this concept of gratitude and thankfulness. Research shows us that the experience of gratitude can induce a sense of relaxation and improve the immune system and decrease your blood pressure by being thankful. In positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences and improve their health, deal with adversity and build strong relationships. How do you build strong relationships from being thankful? This is the last one. This one's interesting. Professor Robert Emmons, I don't know if you have been interested in this before, but if you read, you will find his name everywhere. He's probably the most prominent secular researcher on gratitude and thankfulness. And he says, in the face of demoralisation, in the face of absolute awfulness, stuff that breaks you down, Gratitude has the power to energise. In the face of brokenness, gratitude has the power to heal. In the face of despair, gratitude has the power to bring hope. In other words, gratitude can help you, help us cope with hard times. Apparently that's science. That's purely from a secular point of view. So now I'm going, okay, so obviously that ungrateful, unthankful thing's probably not the best way. Lots of proof to say the otherwise. And then I did like all good Christians should do, and I headed to the Bible to figure out what it had to say. So let's have a look. Oh, actually, I will say one thing on that that I forgot. Did you know that there's an, a whole bunch of 
apps even that you can go and download for, gra for gratitude. See, Elena nodding her head profusely. My wife has way too many of them. One of these was like, you know, Oprah likes it, so then everyone downloaded it for five bucks. But if you just do a search anywhere about gratitude or thankfulness, there's an entire industry in our world, the secular world, that understands the value of thankfulness and gratitude and the role it can play on someone's life. So anyway, I just wanted to share that because it sort of blew my mind. The other thing that was distressing to me is, do you see the icon for the new gratitude journal is a uh, little monk type figure? I'm sad that that's not something that represents us. Why is that religious group the icon for gratitude? I'd think, I would hope it could be us. So let's go on. So what happens if we do say, thanks God? Let's have a look. What does the Bible tell us about gratitude? Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, the problem I had here was narrowing down the number of verses. So I won't have your favourite, and that's okay, but you need to go find the rest, right? Philippians, I will keep being glad because I know that your prayers and that help that comes from the Spirit of Christ Jesus will keep me safe. This was written by Paul when he was in a jail. In the middle of what he was going through, he's like, I'm going to give thankfulness. What else have we got? Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticise you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Being grateful and thankful actually impacts other people. You are a light to the people around you, to the world around you when you are thankful and grateful. The research says it. Guess what? The oldest research is better than any of that says it as well. This is a big one, but I love it, so I'm going to share it with you. From Colossians. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether it's word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to our God the Father through him. The scriptures are really, really decisively for thankfulness and gratitude. But you know what? That all sounds really great. And Bible verses are one of those great things you can stick on a poster on the wall and when you feel good, it's easy to do. But what about when your house is burnt down or someone in your family is really sick? How do you do that? What do you do for that? And I want to suggest that what I've come to and what I feel like I need to share with you guys is real gratitude and thankfulness only comes when it's actually totally independent of the circumstances that your life is in. Totally independent of what's happening around you. Now, I'm not saying that's easy. And I can tell you that this week's reflection for me is a bright smack between the eyes for the amount of times that that doesn't happen for me. And I can guarantee it would be the same for a bunch of us in this room. It is so easy to be grateful and thankful when it's good. 
And it's really stinking hard to be thankful when it's not. But I want to suggest, like I said, that it really comes when you have something that's a foundation independent of your life circumstance. So what foundation have we got? Let me show you. A few things I want to show you. We should be thankful to God because we are here. Right? We are actually here and we're allowed to be here. I go back to my time in Genesis over the last little while. God created everything. Right at the beginning, God said, I'm going to make this stuff. Made everything and said it was good. And then we read as history goes on and we get to the point where we come to the time of Noah and the flood. God actually got to the point of saying, actually, it's not so great anymore. I actually want to get rid of it. But there was one guy who was righteous in God's eyes and hence we have Noah and we have the ark and we have that story, which is a great kid story, but it means so much when you get into it. God actually got to the point where he was as the creator of the universe, able to go, I'm going to end it. But you know what that said to me? Not, I'm much better than that, I'm righteous. That says to me, God, I'm thankful that I'm here because I don't have to be. God doesn't owe anything to me to be here. I'm just thankful that I have the chance to exist. Let me share some verses with you. In Genesis, this is where God says, he regretted what he'd made. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I've created and with, all the, with them the animals, the birds, the creatures move along the ground. For I regret that I've made them. The great thing about that story is that God made a covenant to say he wasn't going to do that again. Right? If you know the, the Noah story, this is the cool fun bit around the where we've got the rainbow and God says I'm not going to do that again there's a covenant that was made but still what an amazing an amazing thing that God lets me live here lets me be part of his world that's something to be thankful for even when stuff is tough we get to be here can't see the thing I have to press. The other thing we can have that makes us thankful, independent of circumstances, to know that we can say thanks, God, because we have help. In the middle of all this stuff, God promises that he's going to show up and help us. Let's have a look. Isaiah says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Promise. He will show up. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and always submit to him and he will make your path straight. Guys, I found so many verses about God saying, I'm going to help you. No matter what you're going through, I will show up. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to take your hand. You can rely on me. I don't know about you guys, but that makes me go, you know what, God? Thank you. I don't deserve any of that, but he still comes through. 
The la- another thing I want to talk about is that we have hope. One of the greatest things of being one of God's kids is he promises that this is not it. There is things past here. There is everlasting life. There is a heaven. There is a bigger picture to play in the universe rather than the little bit of time hanging out down here. That's independent of how bad my day's going or how much stuff is going on. There is a bigger picture with this. And if you are a Christian, then you have hope in what God's going to do through that. Let me show you. God has something stored up for you in heaven where it will never decay or be ruined or despair, disappear. You have faith in God whose power will protect you until the last day. Then he will save you just as he has always planned to do. On that day you will be glad even if you have to go through many hard trials for a while. Thank you, God. It is not just here. It is not just now. There is something bigger at play here. And if you're a God person and you're in his family and you believe in him, you don't have to be concerned with the now as much as the forever. He will wipe all the tears from their eyes and there will be no more death, suffering, crying or pain. These things of the past are gone forever. What a heaven. I can't wait to get there because I've looked at the news and it sucks. Right? We have a hope we can be thankful for. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Again, the verses that speak of hope and a future for those who are part of God's family are so many. And for that, I'm thankful. That is something to be thankful for. Right? The last thing I want to talk to you guys about tonight is to be thankful because we are loved. We are so very, very, very loved. All the things I've talked about before now that to be thankful for all come out of God basically saying, you know what, I love you. I want you to be around forever. I want to give you a hope. I want you to realise that I'm here to help you. The entire scriptures are written as an amazing love letter to you and me. The story of God hanging out with people, his creation, and everything points to loving us. In Romans, we read that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but God treats us much better than we deserve. And because of Christ Jesus, he freely accepts us and sets us free from our sins. God loves you so much, he doesn't even care about the stuff that you do that's not what he wants. God loves us. And we read in the Bible, for so many who are here, this is old story, but don't let it be old. Think about it often and reflect on it. The fact that God loves you so very much that it actually made a way for you to get to hang out with him and be his friend, and have a relationship with him forever. You cannot get past that. It is the core reason why we call ourselves Christians, and why we show up here, and we praise God in song, is because God has made a way through his son, and through death on a cross, 
that paid the price for everything we've ever done to be able to actually be in his family, to have a hope for the future, to have someone who's there to help us all the time, a reason to be thankful. I can't express it enough. And if you've forgotten or it doesn't feel that real for you anymore, then you need to remember it is such an important reality. You are loved, so deeply loved. This verse is done to death. Some people hate it, and I love it. Because I want to read it to you. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God loves you so very much. That is something to be thankful for. Every day that's worth waking up for. I need remembering of that so very much. And this week was awful. And I'm so glad to be able to spend some time remembering why I have to be thankful, even in the midst of all that. Amen, brother. Ephesians, you are saved by faith in God who treats us much better than we deserve. There is... This is God's gift to you and not anything you've done on your own. Guys, I can't express that enough. We don't deserve it. God's amazing. He created. He wants to be in relationship with us and he wants to be there with us all the time. That's what I have for you guys tonight. Be thankful. Please try and be thankful. And if you wake up and you forget and it doesn't feel thankful, go back to the basics. You have a reason to be thankful beyond your circumstance. Speak to some of those people in your life and around you who are in the middle of stuff and look for thankfulness. And there's people around us who do this much better than me. Reach out to them. Hear from them yourself how amazing God works through the trials and the troubles and the awful and how we have such a greater hope in God. Guys, I just want you guys to spend some time thinking about that tonight. I want you to spend some time thinking about that in the week coming. And I'm actually going to ask Bronwyn and the team if they can come up. And what I'd like to do is just acknowledge that God has lots of reminding to do for us tonight, and we're going to make some space And if there is something about what we've talked about or something about this whole concept that you have questions about or you'd like to argue with me about how wrong I am, I would love to spend time doing that. Let's make some time to reflect. We're going to have some more time in worship. But if you would like prayer or you would like to think about or talk about this some more, then could you just maybe during this time, what I might do is I might actually head up towards the back and you can feel comfortable. Just make your way up there if you want to have a chat. But I'd love to spend some time with you. But Thank you, guys. Let's worship.